Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week, we have my friend Mariana Ruiz joining us. Mariana is a certified business coach and host of the Impact Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. She helps impact-driven entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants who want to make a difference in the world, increase their profit, and impact using group coaching programs. Mariana's number one passion in her business is helping business owners expand their reach and convert their audience to clients so they can create change in the world while living the life they desire. Guys, she's the real deal, and you'll hear me ask questions that are personally relevant to me in this conversation because I have a group program, Dream to Done, and I love the ability to increase and maximize your impact through coaching a group versus individuals. So I think you'll find this conversation pretty fun and fascinating, and Mariana's the expert, so I love being able to talk about group programs and even further, I loved being able to talk about maximizing impact. Guys, if you love this episode, screenshot it and tag Mariana and I in your Instagram stories. We want to hear what you love about the episode, what parts were impactful to you, and we want to be able to connect with you. And Instagram stories is the best place to do that. We often reshare the tags that you share of us so that we can spread the word even further. So we'd love to connect with you over on Instagram stories. Again, screenshot this episode, tag us, tell us what you love. And it also helps spread the word for the Radiant Podcast. Before we go, I want to tell you about shopradiant.co. I recently launched a shop and I filled it with all sorts of Radiant apparel that I know that you will love. This is stuff that I designed with my friend Hannah and we designed it knowing that it's something we'd want to wear. We packed this store chock full of Radiant apparel that is so cute, so trendy. We've got hats, sweatshirts, journals, pop sockets, prints, you name it, it's there. And I would love for you to go check it out and shop your hearts out, baby, so you can rep all things Radiant. Anyways, I want to go ahead and dive into this episode. I know you're going to love it. So let's dive in. Hey, Mariana. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? Great. I am so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And I'm so excited to chat with your listeners today. Awesome. Well, I would love for you to get started by sharing a little bit about who you are, your story, how you got started, what um, brought you to where you are today. I can't wait to hear more of your story myself. Yeah. So basically, um, I don't even know where to start. I think we can start at age 10 or so, <laughs> <laughs> where I was always kind of like the entrepreneur type. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? I, um, at around age 10, I created a little business with my best friend and we were going door to door. Now, like, let's plant this. I moved, I immigrated from Venezuela to Iowa City because my parents were um, students and my dad was on a scholarship studying here in the U.S. He was doing another PhD. And so we were students at the university and we lived in university dorming because that's what you do when you're an international student. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 
I was like with my best friend and we're looking and there's tons of cans. We're like, this is amazing. You know, you can return cans and like make five cents each time. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we got on that opportunity because we lived on campus and we went door to door asking all of our neighbors if we could please um, buy their cans. We would buy them for like three cents each and then we would return them for making two two cents profit. And... (laughs) Um, that was kind of like my childhood. I was always looking for ways to be creative, to sell stuff, to make stuff like that was how I grew up. Now, as I said, my, my dad was getting a PhD. So my family was, is very studious. I mean, in Venezuela, we had, my parents both had, my mom was an architect. My dad was an engineer and we, we were really well off there. And then we moved here. They had to redo their entire careers. So after having those degrees there, they had to come here and go all the way up master's programs here in the U S to like make that count. So super smart. And, um, what it showed me was number one, you got to work really hard. Number two, you really have to go to school. Like there's no other way if you want to make it in the world. So those two things are not very entrepreneurial thoughts, I guess you would say. So it kind of like suppressed my entrepreneurial spirit in so many ways. And my dad ended up becoming a professor, like after he got his Um, PhD and became a professor at a local university. At that time, we were living in Buffalo, New York, Buffalo, New York. It's very snowy there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, we were living there and I was like, you know what? I I have to go to college. I'm going to go do this whole track thing and I'm going to get a PhD too and all the things just like you guys. So that's what I started doing. And I went in, I was studying psychology, but I ended up really falling in love with brain stuff and neurosurgery and all of that kind of stuff. I actually read some neurosurgery books and was like completely enthralled. Well, as I was getting that um, degree in psychology, I was like, well, if I want to work, like after I'm done with this bachelor's, I have to like keep going until I can actually work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a degree in nursing. So that's what I did. Um, I got a double major in psychology and nursing and started working as a bedside nurse in the brain surgery neuro ICU and um, was going down that route. And the first thing I did when I got like a real job, quote unquote, is started buying rental properties because of my entrepreneurial spirit. (laughs) So I was 23 working nights um, at a hospital and then investing in real estate and like trying to be a landlord, which was, oh my gosh, not, that was not the best. (laughs) I was not the best landlord. (laughs) Um, I still have them, but it's not like my strength, like fixing houses. So I, you know, was doing this like side hustle thing always with my nursing career. And then fast forward a few years, I had my son and I had to return to work. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. At that point, I had already climbed up the corporate ladder in nursing and I was working in administration at the hospital. And, um, what ended up happening is I was like, you know what? I just need an outlet. Like I want something on the side after my son was born, I lost a lot of weight and I started doing health coaching. And I was like, you know what? I'm qualified to do this. Like I am a nurse. I can handle some health coaching. And that's what I started doing. And that opened up the entire world of entrepreneurship online. And I guess you could say the rest is history from 
there I did progress. Like I changed my spin in many ways. Now I do business coaching and specifically I I help people do group coaching programs because that's what I've used since day one, five years ago in my business. Um, But basically it's been that windy, like super convoluted route of just owning the parts of me that are an entrepreneur, that are adventurous risk takers and like going to do crazy ideas and go for it anyways, like no matter what has come my way. Um, so my daughter, like, so I started the health coaching thing and then my daughter was born. She was a preemie two pounds, um, in the ICU for over 68 days. And now this side hustle business thing has to actually support me (laughs) and my daughter who is like literally in the ICU. So I was like, that's when, you know, that whole like playing around the, the game of business became a real necessity for me, for my family and my business to really support me. And that's when I really began to run a more established, developed business and like really scale that up. And, um, so about, it took me about seven months now, granted, I had a daughter in the NICU. She comes home, she's on breathing machines. And cause I worked in the ICU, the doctor's like, you can handle this. She comes home on these machines and I'm running this, you know, coaching business from home. And in seven months, I completely filled my one-on-one practice and got wow. up to $15,000. Yeah. (laughs) So like, I mean, that's what can happen. Like you can go quickly when you have a reason you are gonna do the work and show up and like, you just focus and all that experience you've already had really just gels together. Wow. Yes. And I often see, um, I've been having this conversation a lot lately. Do you often see that the very thing you've been doing ends up being the, the very thing you are kind of meant to develop and carry into this world in a career capacity? Like you had been doing this, but then you refined it, tweaked it, developed it and said, wow, I can make a living teaching or doing this. Is that kind of what you see time and time again? Oh yeah, totally. Like, and that, and so many parts of it I had been doing, right? Like I worked in hospital administration. My number one goal in the hospital, um, I was actually about to oversee three hospitals in, in South Texas. My number one goal in the hospital was to generate profit and make make sure it was profitable. That's what you do as an entrepreneur. But I didn't even put two and two together, you know, and like all those crazy ideas. It wasn't like, Oh yeah, that's why I'm so fascinated by why what makes a profitable hospital. You know what I mean? That didn't gel together until I was like, you know, the rug is under you, and you're like, what do I do? (laughs) And and it's like, oh wow, I have been doing this all along, and it makes so much sense that I get to look at the experience I have and offer it to other people in a way that helps them. Absolutely, and for me, that's really like that nurse loving caring piece comes out. Cause it's like my whole business, it's my brand is called impact driven entrepreneur. So it's like all about making a difference in the world with our work and how can we help others through our business? And I talk about there being five layers of impact. And the first layer is like your own self, right? Like how is it going to change your life and your quality of life and what you're doing every day? But there's so much more. There's like the people you're going to get to help with your business, your employees, your, you know, ability to give back to other 
companies or other charities that you want to invest in. And then there's always, I, the last one is like invisible. Like there's so many ways that you are going to be able to help others that you will just never know. Wow. So what do you mean by that? Like how, what do you mean by the word invisible? Yeah. Invisible is like, you'll never know. It's like, okay, maybe it's, you helped your client to lose weight. Maybe you help them to lose like 10 pounds. Awesome. But what about the fact that like that client now is being a better role model model for their children and is going to raise a healthier daughter? Got it. Right. Got it. Or like, yeah. So it's like invisible in that, like, you're never going to really quantify that impact, but it is making a positive difference in the world because you showed up and created this thing. I love that. Could you go through the four and unpack the, or the five um, kind of layers of impact? Because I really like kind of the concept of that. Yeah. So the first layer is like yourself. So how is your business or the endeavor you want to go on going to impact yourself? How's it going to impact your schedule? Like the amount of money you're making, um, all of those little things about your own quality of life and probably your family, right? Yeah. Like that. And then the second layer is your clients. So because you're like, because you get to serve them, it doesn't matter if you are serving them in a, at a restaurant at, you know, as a coach or as a speaker, like your potential clients, right? How, is your service going to be able to help them? Um, And then again, there's like ripples within that. And then the next one is your team. So the time that I realized this was we were living down in South Texas um, when my daughter, like I said, got sick and um, I had my business and I was like, you know what? I think I need a nanny's. I have two kids under two. Like I can barely manage (laughs) things here. And uh, so I hired a nanny and I had hired this retired woman. She had retired from working at a nonprofit and she, you know, we're in South Texas. It's like a hundred degrees and she had no air conditioning. Wow. And yeah. And she's a retired elderly woman. And through working for me, her goal was to buy an air conditioner. And I was like, this is insane. First of all, how do you not have an air conditioner? Second of all, oh yeah, like my business employs people. It helps them to reach their goals. That is a powerful thing. Yeah. And if I didn't have my business, I wouldn't have been able to employ her. I love the concept of team being in your, you know, kind of level of impact because one of my, you know, one of my mantras learned the painful way was like, you can have an audience who benefits from your message or your mission, but if your team's suffering, you're missing the point. Totally. And so I love that you have your team included in there because they should be impacted first and foremost by what you carry into the world. Absolutely. Like we can get to make a bigger impact through our team. Like it's been a hard lesson for me too. I'm an introvert. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I have been on the other side of being a team member where I was dying and it showed me, you know, and this was before I kind of launched my own business. Oh, wow. Like a part of stewarding this and a part of the impact I want to leave is that my team thrives because they're working with me. 
not suffers. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the most important impact, my family and my team. And then, you know, obviously the hopes is that I can impact a large amount of people. But, you know, the real measuring stick is those who live closest around me in day-to-day life. And that is often my team, you know, and I want them to thrive because of it. So I love that you've included that in there. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, So what one are we on? Okay, yeah. Then the fourth one is what people mostly think about when they think about having a business that makes a difference in the world, right? And that's like charities and giving back. And many times I ask people to lean on this. If you're getting to the point in your business where it's like you're making good money, like the the personal lifestyle motivation is like not there as much, right? Like the team, you're like, yeah, I have a team. I'm paying them well. It's not a big deal, right? But it's like that can I really ask for more money? (laughs) Right. And it's like, well, you can. And especially if you want to give back and, and do it in a bigger way. Now I'm not saying you can't do that from the start. Some people for that, for them, that's a huge motivator. But if you're getting to the point where you're like, I really don't want to ask for more, or I'm not sure if I can, or if I should, and all those like mindset things that come up, ask yourself how you can give back more. Um, and that can really help you push past that, that bit right there. And then the, the final one is the invisible because it's like, we can try to quantify as much as we can, but there's nothing like getting that message on Facebook or on Instagram or wherever you're growing, your following and being like, you know what? Thank you for posting that. I really needed that today. And for every person you get like that, there's hundreds that are thinking that, but just didn't have the courage to tell you. Oh, that's good. That is good. Man, I really like this kind of this model you've created and just highlighting the ways you can be impactful with your business. So um, one thing you mentioned that I've kind of Notice that you chat about it. And I think, you know, this concept floats around in the entrepreneurial space, but I'd love for you to unpack this for my radiant listeners is the the idea of trading dollars for hours and how to kind of move out of that model and why it can be negative and how we have to stop doing that in order to scale. I would love for you to kind of chat about that. Yeah. So That is such an important piece because I think the employee mindset that we've been so conditioned to is like, you have to go to work and then you're going to make a certain amount back. But as an entrepreneur, you actually have a lot more leverage and scale than you probably have even given yourself permission to go and step into. And what happens is for you to make that full impact that you want all the five layers at the max. I mean, I want you to imagine your higher self, like five, 10 years down the line. And like, what is that higher self operating as? Who is that person being? Well, I can pretty much guarantee you that you're not going to be the one trading the dollars for the hours because you're just not going to have the bandwidth to be doing that. And so even if you want to run a really high touch boutique type type of business, you can still do that in a leveraged way. And that's how I help people to do that with group programs. So group coaching is a little different than courses in that we're still coaching. There's still an opportunity for coaching. There's still an opportunity for feedback and accountability every step of the way, more like 
coaching where courses can sometimes be very self-study, like here's the modules and like go have fun watching, you know, watching it. And there's usually just like a Facebook group or one aspect of Touchpoint, but a group program allows you to have, you know, that still really in-depth relationship with your client and really moving them through the process. I love that. Yeah. And I actually have a group program dream to dump. And so, um, that was a way where, you know, I looked at my year, I just had this conversation, um, on an interview yesterday, not for the radiant podcast, but, um, for someone else's podcast. And we were just talking about, you know, for me, I really had to think through this year and how I could best show up and serve my people. Um, but also not, you know, being on the phone 30 hours a week. And so I love my group coaching program because I love, human interaction. I love getting to talk to people and hear what they're working on and help them develop their dream. But the group model really helped me do that in a way that was manageable for my time so that I wasn't locking myself in into, you know, 30 hours of phone calls a week. Yeah. And I think too, like, I think there's a fear of like, but what if my clients just aren't going to get the results or as good or all of that? And that, And I want to invite anyone who's having those thoughts to think about how many times you may be repeating yourself on those 30 calls, right? Especially if you're having like that, you know, same similar process with people, right? And like, you can save yourself time and you can help them to make sure they get all the steps that they need. So what I found when I was in that same position is I was teaching somebody how to do um, a challenge launch. It's a, it, I use challenge launches in my business. It's been a staple from a long time ago. And I remember in one week I did something like five times talk about what to do in a challenge launch. And I was like, what if I just, forgot a step or something, you know, in like these five times, because I repeated it so many times. And um, I remember thinking, you know what, I think it's safer and better for me to just have a knowledge base where people go get their knowledge base. And then when we get on the call, they can just talk about applying it to their business. And that's pretty much how I really like started to see the power in group coaching was with those kinds of things going on. I 100% agree because I, I too found myself repeating things and I realized, man, I, I could really quantify this by putting people into a group. And then I know that having been a part of group programs myself, there's also some magic that happens in a collaborative environment where someone asks a question that is totally relevant for your business that you might have not thought to ask. And so mm-hmm. I am a big, big fan of group coaching programs. So you mentioned that within seven months, you had really scaled it to a profitable business. Is that right? Well, I was profitable from day one. Like I made sure my investments and all that were profitable from day one, but absolutely within seven months, I was sold out. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you. So what would your advice be to someone who maybe they're not launching a group coaching business, but how do they start out profitable? Because I think, you know, sometimes that's not always the case. Um, And that, you know, I want to be careful here because I don't ever want people to feel shame. I know that when people in the past have said before, like I, I started my business debt free. Well, I didn't, um, you know, and I, that wasn't desirable, but I went into a little debt in the beginning and then I worked really hard to get out of it. And so I never want to create shame through that because, uh, well, 
while Mariana and I have both been running profitable businesses for a few years now, um, we've definitely had our own challenges. So I just wanted to preface that. But how did you start out profitable from the beginning? Um, what would your advice be for someone who's just starting out and 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 to grow in a in a profitable way for the long haul? Yeah, I wanna I wanna reiterate about the debt thing here because I think it's so important. So when my daughter was sick the hospital indebted us a million dollars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, I think that that was the best million dollars in the world. You know what I mean? And I would do that again in a heartbeat. Yeah. And now granted we had insurance, like things worked out. It wasn't like we, but we literally got a bill for a million dollars, which was the scariest. Thing oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but um, all of that being said, debt is and and is only bad if we perceive it to be bad, right? So like for me, I just always looked at, you know, the stuff that went on with the hospital and like the medical side. I was like, you know what? This is the best debt in the world and watch me pay it off because it's going to be amazing. And I'm so grateful for it. So that's the first thing I want to say about debt in case anyone still has any lingering shame about yeah. it. <laughs> and then secondly, um, regarding being profitable in the business. So the first thing is to make sure that you are taking action. That sounds really basic, but like, I think for me being so studious and like my background with my parents, like I thought I had to learn everything first before going to do it. And what I realized is like, actually, I can just learn one thing and go do it right now. And the quicker you are at that turnaround, the quicker you're going to be able to see the results more quickly. And then the more you focus on really mastery over those things, because it's usually the same types of things. It's just mastering those things, right? When you master the key elements. And so every time you're getting coaching and training, which I still invest in, and I still want everyone to still open up to investing in their team, in their coaching, in their development and all of that. But as you're getting it, make sure you're implementing and that you're working on mastery rather than like, I need to learn the next thing before I can do that last thing. <laughs> totally. Cause that can be totally crippling Yeah, to, to yeah. wait until you learn every, every single thing before you launch into the next thing. Like it can be, I know that for me, I love education and I got to a place where my, one of my coaches slash really good friends said, Kelsey, you are not allowed to spend on, on education anymore this year. You've got to spend on delegation because you are not moving anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so I could kind of talk about that all day long, but investing in your education is extremely important, but kind of get making some moves, launching, releasing into the world. Yes. And here's the thing. That's a lot scarier. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. And, and like you, I have a huge value for education. So I want to always be learning, always be consuming. But I found that it can kind of hold me back because I think it has to be perfect before I'm ready. Right. Absolutely. And that and that is the thinking that like it can be hard to break away from because then it's like, well, what is enough? Or how do I know I've done it well? Or I want excellence, right? Like all of that. But it's like, what if you just trusted 
that you were given that piece of information because you were meant to share that or because you were meant to implement that. And you may not have all the pieces of the puzzle, but what would happen if you did that one thing right now? That's good. So is that, is that what you often kind of see with people that you're working with that, you know, they just need to take that first step. They need to start moving. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I have all kinds of shortcuts. Like, so I have this one sheet. It's like your whole business on one sheet with like the exact things you want to be doing. But like that kind of simple shortcut (laughs) as a visual reminder can help you. Or like I have vision, visual reminders all over my, my wall. Like, cause many of us are visionaries, right? Like, so visual reminders can be like a great thing. So for me, I have like a graduated cylinder. I maybe, I don't know if that's the technical term, but like this flask looking thing. And it has like the amount of people that I want to help on it. Right. And it's like, okay, you're this full. Like it's kind of like the YMCA one. That's where I got the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like little things like that, that are like, okay, yes, there's still more that I could be doing. Or yes, I actually, this is why I'm doing this, right? It's to help these people. Let me get out there. Wow. Yeah. I I 100% agree. So I I mean, I I feel like I've been navigating a lot of these sentiments because of my launch of a group program back in September of 2018. Um, And so everything you're talking about is are the very things I had to navigate as I kind of released my program into the world. So I know that one thing you regularly speak on is how to 10x the earnings per lead on your marketing launch without being sleazy. And I, I really want to highlight these these um, words of without being sleazy because, you know, I'll be honest, I've gotten sucked into those Facebook ads that tell me, you know, use this formula and you're going to make a million dollars tomorrow. And that's not true. And uh, that's a little bit exaggerated, but I think we all see them. Um, and, and sometimes, especially in the beginning phases, they, we can believe that and then we kind of get jaded and burnt out and realize that's not true. And it does start to feel sleazy when you see them everywhere. And so how do you market without being sleazy, especially when you want to scale, when you really want to grow? Yeah. So I can boil it down to one word (laughs) and it's connection right? If you connect with people more, if you connect deeper, if you connect with more people, right? Like that's how you would do it. And, um, how I did it personally. So my first group program launch was, well, for this one product, not ever, but for this one product, I think I had three people in, it was $500 for a beta program. And so it was like $1,500 is what that program brought in. Well, I went out there, I connected, I got out there more, I was more consistent with the content and the messaging for that program. And I then relaunched the program. Um, and I made 20, I think it was 23, 24, it was in the twenties, thousand dollars. So my lesson there is that you want to get out there and make sure you have audience growth as a, as something that you're working towards, but not just the metrics part. It's also that deep connection with 
the actual people in your audience. And, um, so that I think is the biggest thing. And my list was not huge for that. And we've consistently done in the $20,000 launches since then consistently. I mean, like I can just churn them right, right up. Um, because we are, have dialed in on the systems. Um, but I think the, the main thing is that we are just focused on connecting and it's like, okay, you know, now may be the time for Sally. It may not be the time for Sally. I'm okay to release Sally, but I'm going to give her so much value in my challenge. I do challenges, but in my challenge this time, and it's okay if she's not ready. Man, that's good. Yeah. Cause that's also an abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. To truly yeah. believe it's okay if she's not ready. I'm going to release her. There is, there's going to be enough for me. How have you learned to really build that into your business? Because I think, um, you know, it can, lack can creep in. Oh, I've got to, I've got to land that sale. I've got to land that client. I've got to get them to join my program because I've got to, you know, make this a full-time thing. And I, um, you know, I do know the peace that you get to when you no longer are operating out of that place because you're, you know, earning the income you'd like to. But say you're not. How do you still choose to operate out of a place of abundance and not make a demand on every single person you're interacting with and really, really be be willing to release them if that if they're not the right fit for the right time? Yeah, I think it's a few things. I think I think on the tactical, so my brain is two sides always tactical and then the woo, -woo. (laughs) but like on the tactical side, I think it's like the consistency. You know what I mean? Like if you're staying consistent with your visibility and you're continuing to do the volume of the things that need to happen and you're staying consistent, there's no way like that. It's not going to happen. Right. Especially if you've done it before right? If you've gotten clients before, even if it's one, you know what you did to do that. Yeah. And then, um, the second side of that is the woo woo spiritual side. And it's really just trusting, trusting that like by you operating your business from a place of love, it's going to come back to you a million times. Yeah. I 100% agree. And I, I found I've found as well, I don't know if you have, I'm sure you have, uh, that generosity yields generosity. That by being generous with what you're doing, you end up experiencing that with almost everyone you interact with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just sharing on, on my podcast, somebody came on to teach about how to sell without being sleazy. And she was talking about releasing clients. Like if you're in a sales conversation and like you decide it's not a fit and like releasing them. And I've done this before. And when I did that in my business, one of those people, I literally released her twice on a sales call, which was starting to feel like, oh my God, maybe this girl doesn't want to work with me for her is what I thought. But then I sent her like proof of why now was not a good time. And like, I sent her some resources and I helped her connect with the right people that she needed at that time. And she ended up sending me so much business in terms of referrals Wow! that it was like, oh my gosh, like I could have never had, like if I would have signed her, it was never appropriate. So like whatever I would have gotten from that one sale would have never equated to what I actually got by operating from integrity. Yeah. 
I love that. That is such a good testimony. Wow. You know, not forcing something typically actually yields something better. I see that time and time again in my business. I'm just learning to run my business with open hands. Man, Mariana, we could talk all day long. Um, tell us a little bit about where people can keep up with you, how they can find you. I know you have a podcast. I know you have opportunities to work with you. Um, can you tell us how they can hear more? Sure. So my podcast is called the Impact Driven Entrepreneur Podcast, and you can go check us out. I also have a free Facebook community. It's called the Coaching for Impact Community. And that's where I hang out, both of those places. And so I'd love to connect with anyone who's listening at that time. Awesome. Thank you so much for just offering your wisdom and your insight today. I know it's going to be a gift to our listeners because I really, I really hope that the people who listen here at the Writing Up Podcast can make an impact with their business. I loved your your breakdown of kind of those five factors or segments of impact. And, and I just thought you brought so much wisdom to the table. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Kelsey. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. Duncan is here to keep you running with a much-needed taste of normal. To work, home, or work from home. With the coffee you like, just the way you like it. Whether that's a small, hot black coffee, your daily 2 p.m. latte, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk, one sugar, two pumps of caramel, one pump hazelnut, a swirl of French vanilla, and a shot of espresso. I call it my p.m. pep rally. You should really try it. Whatever it is that gets you running, Dunkin's got you and always will. America runs on Dunkin. The final countdown has begun. Whatever you do, don't miss the end of year clearance this weekend at Levin's. Save up to 60% on closeout special buys and doorbusters. Plus, get an extra 15% off all sale merchandise and take up to 60 months to pay. Save 308 on our Wilmington Sofa Chase. Now 891 with extra discounts. Plus, get the 100th anniversary hybrid mattress. Now only 398. The final countdown. Now at Levin Furniture and Mattress.